Columbia University professor of English Philip Lopate has written essays, fiction, film criticism, and poetry in such books as To Show and To Tell, The Craft of Literary Nonfiction, and Against Joie de Vivre. His most recent book is his family history, A Mother's Tale, from The Ohio State University Press. Ohio State University student Samantha Tucker interviews him for Craft. From the bowels of Denny Hall, where PhD candidates are trying to function in a post-truth world, today's guest is Philip Lopate. Philip Lopate, you are, to me and to several writers, you know, the seminal essayist, and I wondered how your work differed in this longer narrative form, or how your process differed. In a certain sense, it's, it's not a memoir. I think of it almost more as a a dialogue or a trialogue, if that's a word, um, because of a lot of it is a, a conversation between my mother and me. And what happened was that uh, I had tape recorded my mother telling her life story 30 years ago, and and then I uh, put the tapes in the closet and I never listened to them. Uh, and uh, about two years ago, a year and a half ago, I took them out and suddenly felt compelled to to hear them and and uh, and and I thought that they there was great material there, so I transcribed them, and then I began writing a kind of essayistic analysis around the conversation, uh, because uh, she was a person who was very who had a very strong sense of her own life story, uh, and uh, and uh, I over the years I I began to question it a little, you know, or want want her to to see some of the family myths in a different way. Uh and and so I I I would ask her questions and then and then 30 years later I was asking questions not only of my mother who had died in 2000 but of my my earlier self. Um so I I think that um one thing I could say is that, you know, I've written about 16 books, and, uh, you know, I've come to the point where uh, I feel confident that I can identify some material that that is um, uh, interesting, juicy, that might have, that might have interest to other people. So, so this seemed to me like a, a gold mine. On the other hand, it was... Uh, it was a, it was a landmine because it was filled with revelations uh about my family uh and my mother that that were uh problematic if not unpleasant uh and i i i realized that i had um, exerted a great deal of energy uh from the time from my basically teens and 20s onward to try to distance myself from my family. Yeah. <laughs> so do you <laughs> and, feel and, like and this is a book that, that could not have happened until the passing of your parents? Definitely could not have happened until the passing of my parents. Um, and, and, and it had a different meaning to me because in working with this material, I was summoning my mother from the grave. I was, I was in contact with her very directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean that in any kind of mystical, spiritual way. I simply mean that her voice was filling my room, and that I was hearing her again and dealing with her again, and and a part of me, you know, a very large part of me, wanted wanted her back. Yeah, I, I wonder what prompted you in the first place to record your conversations. 
That's a good question. You know, I had I had written about her in a few other pieces, mm-hmm. and um, at a certain point, I tape recorded um, my father and my mother. My father was a rather taciturn person, and 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 he told uh, his life story in forty five minutes. <laughs> my mother, my mother took about twenty five hours, um, and and I think that she uh, that she wanted to have her say, uh, and and wanted me to understand uh, her life from her point of view. Uh, I think I taped it partly because it was a way for me to talk to my mother um, it, <clears throat> with a certain amount of control on my part because um, she was essentially a monologist, uh, <laughs> which means you have to basically listen and somebody's got this, this running narrative going on in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, <clears throat> It, it, it's hard just to be subjected to to a monologist. You know, um, they can be very charming people, but they they're often egotistical and they 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 view other people as interrupting their monologue. You know. Yeah, um, and it's definitely a one way conversation. She sounds she sounds fascinating and so mercurial, and I couldn't help but wonder when you write about her. Um, from this point, and especially with having access to her voice and, and yeah. channeling directly in that way. Um, I mean, she sounds like a character herself. How does, yeah, how, well, does she, how does she vary yeah. when you, once you get her down on the page? And also, how does I, I'm really interested in how writing about the self changes when you're considering your mother in these ways. You know, one thing that, that uh, everyone who writes... Uh, autobiographically uh, encounters, and we've heard a great deal about this recently, is, um, is the guilt that the writer feels about uh, appropriating somebody else's life and, and, uh, and making it, uh, transforming it through their own voice. Um, and uh, so, you know, we often hear ethical discussions about, you know, uh, using other people in our writing, you know. Um, and so I thought, well, let's have the, uh, let's have the other person have the floor for a change, you know. I, I realized that I could have written the whole thing, uh, you know, in, in my voice and sort of paraphrased her, her account. Uh, but I thought, wouldn't it be great for once to have actually hear the voice of the other person? So there's no question of uh, of my uh, distorting it much. I mean, the 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 only the only distortions occur from the fact that I I, I selected the material. I didn't include everything. Yes, um, it's hard to argue for alternative facts when you have it on recording. Though some yeah. might still try. Yes. Uh, so there it is. Yes. It's on. It, 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 it's 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 recorded, and um, and any reader has a chance to see um, what how, what was involved, how this person expressed herself. Instead of saying, uh, you know, he's he's um, he's appropriated her voice. I didn't mm-hmm. appropriate her voice. It's right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fascinating. And and as I said in the in the introduction, I'm I'm, I'm very interested in how people. Uh, 
uh, rationalize how they how they um, shape their narrative so that it, it it puts them in the in the best light or in the most self righteous light. Let's say, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I learned that you know at the knee, uh, <laughs> learning from my mother how she she would kind of uh, tell a story uh, in such a way that she was the most uh, most sensitive, intelligent, and maligned person. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was always getting the the short end of the stick. But somehow triumphing in the end, you know. Um, so, uh, so you know, this this would give me this would give uh, a chance to show how somebody uh, moves toward a truth and then moves away from a truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is so. I think that is so human. You have to understand that that I don't think my mother was uh, was unique in this respect. I think we are all uh, uh, to some degree narcissistic, solipsistic. Um, self-absorbed mm-hmm. uh, monologous and and um, and I think that we all uh, struggle to to get a glimpse of the truth and then we say mm, too much you know <laughs> let's back <laughs> away from that you know so so I, I and I certainly I certainly include myself but but in a way my mother was a, a perfect test case to show how how somebody who who was fairly intelligent you know um, could could um, could process uh, these contradictions. Do you think that your work as an essayist is probably directly related to how she was as a person? Because as an essayist, I feel like you're doing similar work, but you need the level of introspection that I think you're inferring your mother was missing at times. Well, I definitely felt <clears throat> that I, I developed a, a personality of an essayist Mm-hmm. In direct response to my mother, because um, she was very theatrical, um, she was very she was very emotional, and um, and she had this you know one way of seeing things, and so um, almost as a as a defense reaction, um, over the course of, of growing up, I became a little more skeptical, mm-hmm. I became a little more self skeptical. Um, I cultivated um, the tendency to think against myself. In other words, well, that sounds that sounds really right, but what could be wrong with it? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and and a certain detachment, which I think is is part of what being an essayist is. Uh, so all of these all of these uh, were, were were tools of the essayist, you know, um, and 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 a, a kind of suspicion, you might say, of melodrama and sentimentality. Uh, so uh, you know uh, that 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 is also part of. Uh, I think that that essays essays are kind of like a a fairly rational form. You know, um, let's say that they 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 work with consciousness, uh, and to that degree, they that they're, they're not as dependent on on the subconscious or the unconscious as let's say poetry or fiction, where where sometimes uh, you know very powerful. Uh, uh, unconscious currents are, are moving the story along, you know. So I'm in an MFA program here at Ohio State, and, and right. all of us in nonfiction are talking about um, how the essay is, is what is most needed in this political climate. And I feel like well, yeah. you're definitely speaking towards that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a form uh, that, that that is very useful at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. because... Um, because uh, 
the essay, you know, interrogates facts and interrogates truths and, and has a kind of humility around uncertainty, you know. Um, so, so uh, in a time when, you know, we're, we're faced with, um, with a, a kind of bullying certainty, <laughs> uh, <laughs> We need to we need to dismantle it a little, you know, and uh, like by circling around it, you know, we can't just match um, uh, that bullying certainty with our own bullying certainty. I I definitely agree with that. Um, so you uh, you called this at the beginning of the interview called this book a trialogue, which yeah. I find fascinating. <laughs> I know that being having it called a memoir has a lot to do with marketing and, and publishing and things like that but this do you do you feel like that this is different from your essayistic work in that it is more of a long-form narrative and I wondered how how you handled writing something that is kind of sustained rather than in essays in shorter pieces well I have written uh, several long-form books uh, okay. uh, Waterfront was one, which was all about the New York waterfront. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, um, a book called Notes on Sontag, which was all about Susan Sontag. Yes. Um, and um, uh, and uh, I wrote a monograph on, uh, on Rudy Burkhart. And I wrote a book early on about my educational experiences called uh, Being with Children, where I was a teacher with kids. Uh, I but this one feels that, so uh, personal. It, I mean, it is... Absolutely yeah, this, personal. This is my most personal and probably my riskiest book, you might say, uh, my most exposed book. Uh, so, and that's another thing is that is that you know I've I've sort of danced at the edge in many of my essays uh, with with frankness and with uh, maybe over frankness, whatever you want to say, revelation. Um, but I, uh, I, you know, I was always aware that I was holding back a certain amount, uh, and this time I think we we go over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to I wanted to do that as somebody who's who's associated with the personal and associated with uh with the drive towards honesty. I wanted to to not hold back and, and, and the vehicle for that was my mother because she didn't hold back. You know, I might be more reserved, but my mother was not reserved. Uh so I, I will say also that you, you, you're definitely onto something because even in being with children and waterfront uh and notes on Santag they they were put together essentially as a series of essays. Uh -huh. So it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't one long sweep, you know. That I, because because I I I've had so much training as an essayist. I approach everything, you know, as an accumulation of shorter forms. In this particular case, uh, I was dealing with with one long sweeping narrative, my mother's tale. Um, but I did divide it into chapters. Um, and and I think that that came out of the same uh, instinct or impulse mm -hmm. uh, to impose uh, uh, um, shorter forms. But they're not essays so much. They're more they're more uh, short stories. You know, individual uh, moments that my mother was talking about. Well, I think I think we've got what we need, Philip Lopez. You covered all my bases. <laughs> well, it was great talking to you. You too. I hope you have a great day. For more information from my guests, visit www.crafttheshow.com. This is Doug Dangler. Until next time, be creative.